Welcome to the Young Adult Ministry Podcast, the Yamcast. Hey, we talk about everything you might need to know, occasionally some things you don't need to know, about how to fail forward in young adult ministry. With these monthly podcasts, we discuss culture topics, interview guests and friends, cover books, and riff on anything else that we feel like is relevant. Hi, my name is Kenny. I'm from the Boise, Idaho area, where I'm the Young Adult Volunteer Director with my local church the district young adult coordinator, and I work full-time remotely as the young adult connection pastor with Shepherd Community Center in Indianapolis. And hey, I'm just down the road in Cincinnati, Ohio. My name is Chris Bean. I am the coordinator for Nazarene Campus Mission, which is an outreach to Nazarene to college and university students. And I also work for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship as a church engagement catalyst, helping churches engage more with college and young adult ministry. And I'm Jeremy Height in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, where I serve as the college pastor at Trevecca Community Church on the campus of the Trevecca Nazarene University. And, and here, here we go. Go. Here we go. Yo, yo, my bros. Good morning. What's up? Chris, what how are I? you, man? Doing good. Doing good. At the shop yeah. today. Got a cup of coffee and roast some coffee. Thank you again for the Numa coffee. We just, last night was our fourth Numa gathering and we used up the last of it last night. I was going to say, for some more happy fall fell forward <laughs> yeah you nailed it nailed it on the front end thank you chris it is fall feeling, can you believe it feeling forward in progress <laughs> we are we excel i excel at failing forward highlight like that i think we all we all I are can, i can fail forward faster than anybody i'm excited for cooler weather i've got a lot of flannels and hoodies from my Indiana days that I don't get to like it, I mean it gets cold here it just doesn't get cold here as quickly so I've got a whole section of my wardrobe I'm ready to unlock for the colder months that's winter gear in Nashville whereas it's fall gear in Indiana and that's Ohio, true. yeah yeah I do have a winter coat that I've not used once since I moved here four and a half years ago <laughs> really but I hold I on I to it because it's, yeah I I mean it's I mean it gets cold here I just it one if it gets really cold, that probably means everything's shut down, and so then, not really going outside. I'm here for it. Yeah, I looked at our ten day extended forecast. We've got eighty degree days still coming, so um, it feels like fall because football has begun. But yeah. um, I haven't mm-hmm. gotten out the flannels and the hoodies yet, or the beanies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm ready for that though. I'm ready for this for this season, for this time of year, for these modes of ministry. How about some life updates, some brief life updates for each one of us? Got anything you want to share? I recently took my little pilgrimage sabbatical hiking. It's not really sabbatical. I've basically um, given myself, you know, 10 days to two weeks a year to go on kind of a prayer hike Appalachian Trail or Appalachian Trail, if you're in the South. But yeah, it was a great experience. I started um, around Atkins, Virginia and hiked another 200 miles of the AT in about 12 days. Painful, but it was amazing. I had probably the single most epic day of hiking in my life uh, during this trip. So that's, there's the section called the Virginia Triple Crown. So you've got Dragon's Tooth, McAfee Knob and Tinker Cliffs. I hiked that section in one full day. It was about 25 miles total that day. So it was amazing. Those views, incredible. So anyway, that was awesome. You know, tried to get back home and start being a dad again and uh, getting into the groove with, you know, ministry and college and young adult stuff and campus life and coffee life and all that. So things are, things are rolling pretty good after two weeks of recuperating. One, that's an impressive amount of hiking in one day Two, all of those names geographically just sounded like you were talking about like a tolkien's map out of like lord of the rings dragon's tooth to yeah yep i lost it after that one that one just sounds awesome Uh, we hike through the misty morning all the way up to dragon's tooth laddie that's what you wait i don't know if that was tolkien or it could be anybody else it fits it totally fits because he was tolkien was british not there's also some Goldfish. William Wallace vibes there, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dragon's Tooth. That was a fun one. I actually got up at 3.30 that morning and was hiking in the dark, um, and it was cloudy and misty, and 
um, didn't get to really see a sunrise. I know the sun came up that morning, but I did not see it because I was in a, a foggy, cloudy mist at about mm. you know four thousand feet of elevation there. Wow! Um, but it was super cool. I actually ground some fresh coffee and uh, did my little backpacking pour over, and it was amazing. <laughs> so, well, Chris, I yeah. hope I get to. I hope you let me interview you a little bit more on that down the road. Just, just maybe the two of us will get into some of the nitty gritty of it. If, if uh, I am so permitted, I'd love to hear more about it. We can definitely get lost in those weeds. All right. I'll put on my hiking shoes. Just watch out for ticks. Bring my gators. (laughs) Jeremy life updates. Yeah. Most of uh, the last month or so has just been, uh, Start of the semester as a college pastor, start of the school year with my kids. Um, they're now, after a recent birthday um, for our youngest, we now have a six, four, and two-year-old, uh, which is uh, equal parts exhausting and really, really rewarding. Like it's, um, they're all in different like developmental stages and they're just all so much fun. Like at the four-year-old is getting more creative and asking tons and tons of questions. Uh, the six-year-old is uh, getting more autonomy and independence and um, is catching more of those uh, parenting um, uh, white lies <laughs> where um, he's like, no, dad, I don't think that ice cream is spicy. Why won't you share it with me? Um, the things that uh, we've gotten away with up until now. Uh, no, he's uh, he's just a he's a brilliant kid. So he's all his brain is always going fast. Um, and then our two year old is just starting to talk more and has gotten to the phase now where um, I think she loves me as much as she loves her mother. Um, and so she'll cuddle up with me as often as she does with with her mom. So it's like um, there are some long nights when they don't sleep well, and then there are some days where like today where they all slept in until they were supposed to and we got up and had some time cuddling on the couch reading some books before we got ready for the day so it was it's been Mm. like parenting has been fun um and um yeah i maybe the as i was thinking about updates um the the other two that come to mind are uh, outside of college ministry stuff i got to help host something called the compassion summit here at trevecca uh partnering with a few local uh organizations at Trebekah and in the, in the community um, and some national ones as well to bring in some speakers to talk about multicultural community development. And uh, that was a, a, a ton of fun. It was really rewarding last week. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not doing great at scheduling my life out though, because we also did a church-wide service Sunday um, the day that the conference started that I coordinated. Um, and so that's we when had, you called in the prayer support. <laughs> like, yeah. I, at one point, one of the uh, ladies in our church who is a wonderful person looked at me and she goes, pastor Jeremy, do you own a calendar? Why are you doing all this on one day? <laughs> um, but it, I mean, that I was, cool. yeah, it was, um, on that one Sunday, um, uh, September 17th, we did a churchwide service Sunday that Sunday morning. So service projects across our zip code um, and at our church in partnership with other churches and nonprofits. Um, we had our uh, weekly uh, gathering, worship gathering by young adults called NUMA, um, insert logo here, um, and uh, provided uh, ca- uh, caffeine uh, provided by uh, NUMA Coffee and Mr. Chris Bean. Uh, and then we started the conference that night as well. So it was like this 12 hour sprint of just uh, really great awesomeness. So you did it. Yeah, it's been it was I'd been that Sunday I'd been working towards for about six months with preparations and plans. And so it was very rewarding. Um, yeah, so that's been taking up a lot of my time this summer. I've discovered the Libby app. I don't know if you guys know what this is. L-I-B-B-Y you, with a a library card, you can get audiobooks. Uh, for free. It's like checking them out. Um, you can also get Kindle ones as well. But I've, f- because of this season of life with said lack of scheduling abilities and parenting requirements, um, I'm, I'm just basically reading very slowly the physical books that I have and I'm listening to more audiobooks. So you have to like check it out. Like I'm listening through a book by John Mark Comer 
um, that is um, called Live No Lies. And I've got two more days before I have to return it. Um, and then I have other books that I've checked out uh, for it. So it's not great for all books. Um, I mean, I've, there are some audiobooks that don't work for me. I need to be able to read it, but it's uh, spent a lot of time driving around and sitting in car lines. So it's been a helpful way to keep learning in the midst of a, of wow. a busy but rewarding season. So it's Libby by Overdrive is the app? Yes. Yeah. Library, audiobooks, and ebooks. Maybe this is our culture corner. This is great. It's, it's super helpful. Uh, it's, I, I really like Audible. Um, I was just trying to find some ways to save some money. And someone, a friend of mine recommended it to me. And I ch- checked it out. Um, so it's, it's got all sorts of things. I've, so Wait, it's you, not because you, you have to have a library card. It's I, yes. I feel it's already triggering me. I feel <laughs> inadequate. I don't have a. I can't remember the last time I had a library card. I we got one for our kids, and that's the one that I'm like. We got one to check out books for our kids, and that's the one that I'm using. Which I found out when uh, we forgot to turn in a Dr. Seuss book, and uh, we got a. Uh, it almost kicked me out of. It almost kicked me out of this app because um, I had a. I have to pay. I have to go pay fifty cents to the to the library in order to get the hold off my account but um it's got if it's basically just anything that's been published more than a year or so ago um so i've got timothy keller books biographies if i hear something good i look it up or if someone talk about something good i look it up and um reserve it and it's okay sometimes you have to wait. Visit yeah. your local branch and ask to be like, I have to go talk to a person. Like I can't just sign up through this app, Jeremy, what are you doing to me? Yeah. So back, back in the before times, there was this thing called interpersonal interactions where people would have to go and they couldn't use a computer or screen, um, outdated canceled. intermediary in order to, <laughs> I'm going to need proof of my address. Do they want my social security number to what? Wow. If you just share that with me, I, I promise I can get it set up for you. Just social okay. security, <laughs> credit card number. You're going to, okay, so I'm going to go get a library card so I can use a digital library reading app. I'm probably going to do this. I mean, I mean it, it is could kind be of something to that... that. It's technology that forces personal interaction. Yeah. And I mean, literally, it's just like, other than, yeah, getting the library card. You never have to enter. Like I will reserve books, and if I'm not ready for it, and I know that I'm not going to finish the books I'm listening to, I can click and say, "Move me like next in line." So it'll give it to the next person. It'll move me from first in line to second in line, and then sometime in the next seven to fourteen days, it'll send me the book again. So I can keep on pushing out books that I want. Um, it's kind of like a nice way to bookmark things that I that I'd like to read. So this this is a great culture corner, I think. So do I. Once I get my library card, then I do I have to like take a picture of it and load it up in the app so I can borrow? Like how it was, was it was just like the the back like the numbers on the back of the card. I just had to I had to put them in with like I think my name and address. And libraries like it, keep really good records. And so they all have that network together, probably. Yes. Yeah. So it's do we do we decibel and whatnot? It's I can cool see tool. TikTok going to this model where you actually, before you follow someone, you actually have to call them and have a, a, a real conversation, um, get to know each other. That could work. I did that. We did that with our cats. No, we, we didn't talk to them, but we had to be approved. We had to talk to somebody before we adopted them. It's totally different. Bad analogy. Sorry. Oh, wow. Totally different. You got vetted for cat <laughs> ownership. Yeah. As well as campus access that's awesome. yeah well people doing the jobs out here yeah i i, I skipped us right from life updates to culture corner so kenny for yeah. you what, what are life updates oh uh my youngest son <clears throat> turned 18 yesterday which means all three of my children are now technically adults wow wow and jeremy i was doing the math the very simple math on your kids and you collectively have a middle schooler. <laughs> so what you're experiencing now will be embodied in each one of them individually. Once I'm not excited. Get... I'm not excited for that. You should be. It's a, it's a wild ride. It's great. <laughs> wild ride. Uh, yeah. So we celebrated uh, 
my son's birthday yesterday and awesome. um excited for him proud of him nothing changes overnight um as it turns out in our birthdays we find we find through the years uh funny little story there each person in our family when we have a special occasion coming up like a birthday or mother's day father's day kind of things you get to choose which restaurant the family goes to to celebrate that day together typically we'll go on a sunday after church and a couple of weeks ago, we were talking to my son about this and my wife asked him, which restaurant do you want to go to? And he looked at us and he went, I mean, like Justin, which to know, to everybody else, that doesn't mean anything. But to us, that means we're going to Chili's because there's this waiter there that only the server, he only works on the weekends. His name is Justin and he's hilarious. And the banter and the sarcasm, it's just great. And so as a family, we've gone, we've had these great experiences. So now, and everybody can get something that they like at Chili's. So, um, so now it's like this default of like quiet expectation of you could pick the restaurant you want to, but we should probably go to Chili's because we need to see Justin because we're celebrating a family event and Justin needs to be a part of that. So <laughs> it's kind of a quirky little Wade, Wade mob, Wade family thing there. Um, I did complete a DECA trifecta uh about a month ago well at the beginning of this month um so i did the uh, deca the deca fit it's the 5k in uh fort wayne while i was there so yeah, yeah i don't know if i want to do any more of, of those what's that sweet nice job yeah um i don't like those as much as obstacle course racing jeremy i will be doing a i will be doing a spartan super uh this saturday the, you're arriving back to town i will have i'll be staying with the the shepherds yeah. um and i'll near about 10 minutes from their house there's a super happening and a, and a sprint the next day but i think i'm gonna go to church on sunday morning and they come hang out with you and the numa crew on uh yeah. sunday night as you've invited me um but yeah i'm excited i'm excited for that so good days good times enjoying the the journey and the seasons. Um, how about uh, ministry updates? Any any specific highlights? I can go first. Uh, the in terms of young adult ministry updates, two of the um, biggest things that we are doing this fall is something that we started last year, which is uh, we call it Rebecca's House, but it's a monthly food neighbor stand for college students. So we. Uh, once a month, collect food donations. I've got a bunch of them over my shoulder right over here because um, my office has just become a, a distribution center. And uh, we uh, set it up in our church for students to be able to come and self-select food items that they want. And then we're able to, uh, we also have like fellowship community building things like painting pumpkins. Uh, we've done different types of like teas for people to to drink, um, to provide some social aspect to it, uh, get rid of the stigma of, um, of like food pantry type things. Um, so we're continuing that. And then, um, we are now a month in to, uh, my version of NUMA, uh, not Chris's, um, where, um, I think I mentioned this in some of our previous episodes, but earlier this year had some young adults, uh, college students, recent grads, um, those who are outside of the kind of college bubble as well saying hey we feel called to to ministry and we'd love to be able to get more experience and practice um, and get some mentoring in terms of leading worship through music uh, through spiritual formation and discipleship and preaching and so um, put together a team came up with the name NUMA that's what this cool logo is over my shoulder and so every Sunday night we have uh the phrase we used is a worship gathering by young adults. So anyone's invited, um, anyone's more than welcome to come. Uh, it's led by young adults. So the one we had last night uh, had uh, three college students lead worship um, with uh, guitar keys uh, and a couple vocals. Uh, we do it in our church uh, church lobby um, that has, it's just a cool different space than where we normally have uh, um, our worship gatherings as a church had a recent college grad uh, preach a message um, based off of a lectionary passage. And then we have a 
spiritual formation time after the sermon. And so last night it was small group discussions, uh, discussion questions based off of the sermon and the lectionary passage that another young adult, and she has a team, a spiritual formation team that she's put together of volunteers to come up with different things to do at the end of the service. Um, that, I mean, if you have young adults showing up to a Sunday night worship gathering, like they're really good conversations because they're like, they're not showing up. They're not getting chapel credit. You don't even get the Jesus credit for being at a church on Sunday morning. Like they're there because they want to, <laughs> they want to go deeper or they want to, they want to support their friends who are helping lead. Um, so we've had like a, a, a great flow of different people uh, leading and, and building a community out of it that um, from the beginning said it wasn't about numbers and it's not humongous numbers, but we have a critical enough mass that it's uh, been like really, really rewarding um, for me getting to sit in uh, some of the small group discussions uh, and and talk about life and um, about the passage for the evening. Like it was super rewarding. Um, it's been really cool to see even some young adults um, like on the spiritual formation team that don't feel called to pastoral ministry uh, specifically, but want to get more involved. And so they're helping with that. They're showing up early um, to help set up chairs for it. It's been uh, a really cool experiment. Like it's, we're a mm. month in, we're now like the, how do we incorporate more coaching and mentoring to help people grow? And how do we make sure that this is sustainable? And uh, for, for the rest of the semester, for, um, for the school year. And, uh, but it's been, it's been really rewarding um, because it's giving young adults the opportunity to to lead their um their fellow young adults so it's been a really special time that i i've it's become one of the highlights of my week getting to be a part of it and most weeks i'm i'm not leading anything like i'm not speaking or um i help set up chairs i help put this poster up in the lobby um like i uh, do more uh, yeah it's Someone's got to do it. The thumbtacks are tricky. Um, it's, but it's been cool. Like, so I'll be, I'll be gone the next two Sundays on a trip and I have like our teams, our teams got it. Um, and the goal, not that we won't have our leadership team there at all, but the, the goal is to try to get enough people empowered and equipped to where we could have a Sunday night where the, our leadership team of four people, we could all be gone and have people ready to step in. Mm. Um, is is the kind of like uh, long term goal, so that then once we get into November, then we can um, for our leadership team make sure that it's they're not having to come every week, so they're not so that they have a sustainable rhythm. They've empowered other people, um, and that's the goal. Like it's for the people who show up, the community we're building, it's great. Uh, but the main goal is to provide as many opportunities as possible for people to experience leading in ministry and to do so um, in a kind of mentored setting. Yeah, that's great. You facilitate, they curate. Yeah. That's a much more succinct way to say that. That's good. Yeah. I'm going to cut out everything that you said up to this point. Yeah. Just... Insert ad. It's, and then it's great. Drop... It's inspiring to me, Jeremy. And, and from the pictures I've been seeing, I mean, there's, there's a good crowd there. There's a great gathering for something that's really specific. Um, and I think, I hope other people hear it and are inspired and are going, oh, we could do that, or that would fit here, or if we tweaked it, it would fit this way. That's that's my heart hope with our, our ministry updates is that other people hear things and go, oh, I should try that, or I'm already doing that, or we're doing it different, but better. Um, what took you so long? <laughs> but should generate ideation around uh, what we can do with young adults or what young adults can lead. I love that aspect of of your, of your experiment here with NUMA. Yeah. And that, it, and that you're trying to create this sustainability and they're adults. I mean, they could do it. They could run it on their own, but there's something to be said for journeying with and, and the mentoring, the guidance that comes with that. Um, that's desired, you know, it's probably not as fun or as cool if they're just showing up and there's nobody from pastoral staff there and they're just kind of doing their own thing with people that are from, are they all from campus or are there people coming from off campus as well? There's some coming from off campus um, and that's, a, we're actually, so every Monday morning we either in person or jump on FaceTime and we talk through kind of debriefing the last week, looking forward to the next few weeks. Huh. Um, and 
um, one of our conversation topics this morning before our uh, recording was um, uh, making sure that other, like how do we connect with other young adults who are um, not college students um, where that's like the easy in, like we have several people who are helping lead that are college students. So they're inviting their friends. Um, but um, communicating like what this is, the goal is not just to have another worship service. There's plenty of those in Nashville, Yeah, uh, but to provide an opportunity, I think really to, to build community. Um, and we've just tried to set the threshold as low as possible. Like it's um, bare, bare minimum sound system. And that's only because the space that we chose echoes a lot. And so when we're singing and doing music, you wouldn't be able to hear the, the guitar for the voices um so bare minimum setup bare minimum sound equipment um we have uh super fancy uh bulletins uh we have a web page and a qr code with a cute little dinosaur in the middle of it so we update the web page every week so we just hey, have these... see. hold it there i'm gonna see if i can scan it right off the screen trebecca church yeah. church here we go numa boom i'm on your bulletin boom. i'm consigned yeah. with your group so it's got the lyrics scripture passage the conversation questions so people can just scroll through that um so then we're not having to worry about printing stuff um yeah so oh is, to make was it... matthew 20 in the lectionary this this week it was one of the lectionary passages yeah my pastor preached from it but i didn't realize what man i need to dig back in the lecture it's been a while since i was in that rhythm it's a great passage. It's not it fair. Is. The kingdom of God's not fair. Yeah, and if you look through that, there are some really good songs that are are worship. Uh, we like any good ministry thing. We have alliteration. There's the preaching, the praise, and the practice. So we have those are the three like practices: spiritual formation, praises, worship, preaching. So our our praise leader, uh, Kyla, she uh, yeah, picked out some really good. Like they were, they did it really well. Um, That's cool. It was a cool name. So yeah, that's that's my young adult ministry updates. What about y'all? No, that's good. That reminds me a little bit of the the lead young stuff too. It's like young adult, it's like equipping young adults, you know, to lead, empowering. Mm -hmm. Um good stuff. Um ministry highlights for me, I would say one of the things I've been working on um is to try to connect network with as many um churches and folks who kind of have some overlap in my two worlds of like nazarene and intervarsity um so i've been having some connections and meetings with uh folks like uh steve malcolm is a really cool dude up in maine he's a district and wide president he's a local pastor He's actually pastoring, I think, two Nazarene churches somehow right now um, on that district. But he's also on staff with University as an area director, and which is kind of a new role for wow. him. But working with him and with the DS um, up there to strategize about how to help uh, some of their churches reach out to uh, students. It's also a lot, a big part of what I'm doing right now is focused on uh, college transition initiative type stuff. So how do we help bridge from, you know, youth ministry uh, to kind of college and young adult world? Um, and we've got a new person giving some leadership to that who's actually in Colorado, uh, who's like our national director of InterVarsity with like college transition stuff. Hmm. Um, so we're working together on trying to uh, create some strategies especially i think there'll be local church types of strategies we want to see happen but also really working with the district structure um so i'm actually going to um an ny council meeting tonight and sort of giving a little pitch on uh, something i'd like to do with um all the soon-to-be grads um who are active you know, who will be at things, you know, most districts have like this rhythm of, you know, we got a fall retreat, maybe a winter retreat, one or the other or something like that. We've got, you know, the 
the the regional kind of gathering the competition stuff that goes on like i forget what everybody calls it but tnt at trebecca and yeah. blast at mount vernon and festival reviews at all of that and i don't know what nnu calls that main event um, or the gathering yeah, the it's gone event. back and forth yeah so some of those rhythmic things trying to figure out like at each point how do we connect with the the seniors um and start building relationships with them and and roll out some some of the resources that a university has sort of prepping students for college so to speak the college journey so anyway that's been a big part of what i've done i reached out to all the recent grads who went to nyc and tampa um and out of 1146 uh names i got about 47 who actually responded to my email wow. which which uh you know on the one hand seems like a terrible percentage on the other hand it's not. um it's really not <laughs> so it's not um I'm also trying to figure out because I actually have 1100 cell phone numbers. I'm like, actually, it'd probably be more effective. I just don't know. how. I don't want to do this like one number at a time. Like, oh, hey, what's up? Um, but anyway, just trying to that was one of my projects was, is there a way to leverage our connection with recent grads at an event like NYC and somehow create a cohort and track with them through their journey from high school to whatever's next yeah, we didn't even like really that. say like college but it's just whatever's next um so anyway working on that too so those are kind of my projects and what's taken on kind of my minute the other fun thing and you guys know i reached out about this um university has uh, a pilgrimage sort of um thing that they've been developing um and there's a new actual physical what they're calling a Camino, um, just referring to the Camino de Santiago, but it's a pilgrimage experience in Northern California. That'll be a walking route of, I think, about 70 miles. Um, and I think there's six or seven different, um, they're probably Dominican missions um, historically. So it, it's like this pilgrimage route in Northern California. And we're reaching out. I'm trying to create a cohort of Nazarene influencer, pastor, leader types who care about pilgrimage and stuff like that to um, create this um, as a resource. So that'll be a fun thing. I'll actually be on that pilgrimage in April with some university staff. And we're, I'm inviting one Nazarene pastor or leader, you know, to do that with me in hopes that we would then develop it as a resource for Nazarene pastors in the future uh, to have like annual pilgrimage experiences that pastors or leaders, any, you know, really anyone, not just those could get involved. Yes. So that's another piece is just developing pilgrimage resources to kind of care for leaders, ministry leaders and pastors. That's another piece of, of my gig in our department and university is church resources, engaging churches. So it's not, all about you know college students or young adult ministry um but also just how do how does intervarsity as an organization support and um you know help churches and sometimes it looks like that and it has nothing to do necessarily with college mm -hmm. ministry but um so anyway those are the things i've been up to and having having a good time with Chris, I, I Kenny, humbly what you got I, going on. Yeah, I humbly accept your invitation. And if it's not me, uh, please let me know offline. Thank you. So. <laughs> if uh, if one particular person who I have uh, a quasi pilgrimage experience in history with, <laughs> actually, I wouldn't really call it that. But um, there's one particular person I'm reaching out to, and if she turns me down, um, you, you're you're next. See what you did so. there. Okay. <laughs> If she turns Memo. me down, then you are definitely on the list, Kenny. Memo received. Memo received. Yeah. It's so kind no. Yeah, that was gracious. Thank you. Um, I don't want to go on a pilgrimage anyway. So, uh, local um, stupid stupid pilgrimage. I like walking in circles. Don't take me on a pilgrimage. Um. I've been experimenting with Wednesday night kind of open invitation with young adults locally at our at my my local young adult responsibilities. Um, that's 
you know, only a couple people show up for that. We have amazing conversations. And so I'm taking them on little adventures when they show up. We go do, it's like Destination Unknown Wednesday night version, mini version. What can you do in an hour? Um, and I'm doing a little bit more with College of Idaho as far as some discipleship goes from invitation from the chaplain. I shared that with you guys. I was at um, um, Boise State's Welcome Week with a Nazarene pastor and her intern. And man, there's so many campus ministry initiatives at Boise State University, but I did meet the university folks in person um, and then found out I already kind of knew some campus ministry folks. It's just been a while since we connected um, other other organizations, but their university is hosting a um, like a church resourcing conference right next to Boise State University in October. And I tried to be the first person that registered for that. As soon as I got an email, I like registered. So I'll go hang out with Matt, that's the local guy, and then Tim um, at that. Um, working on a winter retreat for the district and my volunteer district role with our young adult reps and some other leaders. That'll be in January. We're piggybacking the NYI event. We're just creating a young adult track. It's completely separate. Like we're not doing the speaking or the worship. They're just going to be there at the same time. We're using the facilities and the meals and then going and doing our own things. See if we can get some That's traction cool. that way. There's another cool um, dish. It's it's local to Nampa, Idaho with College Church. Um, but it's kind of a, it, it's not a district thing, but it, I'm leveraging it for the district. And it's called downtown. It's called Young Adults Downtown. Actually, no, it's just called downtown. But young adults go to it. And I was talking with Danny Atkins, that's the, it's kind of one of the main leaders and facilitators of, of it. And so it's college churches, young adult ministry, but they host it at real life community church, which is a Nazarene church. It's right across from the flying M. Have I told you guys about this? I don't think Downtown? so. Downtown? Yeah. And so they, they, um, it's every other week. They're trying not to like cater it to NNU students, but NNU students come to it, but they have it. They they hosted it a couple times during the summer as well when any new students aren't necessarily around. And their target, he told me at coffee this week, his target is like main focus is a 24-year-old that's not really close to Jesus and wants to explore Jesus more. And then the the strategy is if we focus there in an evangelistic, more missionally kind of minded way, then everybody else will be served because they, if they're serving on Sunday mornings, they can come and worship here. They don't have to serve anything here. It is facilitated by some young adults, but not in the same way that Numa is, Jeremy. I mean, it's it's led by older, um, older young adults, but and some support folks. Um, but I've been going to that, and that's that's been pretty cool. It's a place that I can point people to on the district because it's not just college churches, young adult ministry. They ex it exists to be a community on mission. That any that if you don't know Jesus, you could walk into. If you've known Jesus your whole life, you could walk into, and you're going to have some food. You're going to connect with other believers. There might be a little song. There might be games. There's going to be a, a like a, a kind of a sermonette. And you're going to be connecting in community. So that downtown thing is really cool. I think it's a transferable model to a lot of different places where you get Nazarene churches that would partner together to host something as a team. And they facilitate it as a service to the, the Nazarene churches in their area as a collaboration mm -hmm. rather than as a, this is just kind of our 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 own thing. We're trying to get people to come to this. And there's somebody else over here trying to get somebody to come to that. Um, but it's it's specific to Nampa. So talking to somebody in Boise to come over, somebody from Caldwell. Caldwell's not that big of a deal, but for us. Um, anyway, that that's pretty cool. So I've been hanging out with yeah. them some. Um, what else was I going to put in? Shepherd recruiting. Um, we've got a great cohort of young adults there right now in Indianapolis. And um, I've been to three schools already. I was at Grace College in Warsaw. I was at Taylor. Um in Upland, and I was at Iwu in, uh, what town is that in? Marion. Marion, that's right, yeah. I always get confused which side of the interstate they're on. Um, <laughs> so that was the beginning of the month, and then coming out to Trebekah, um in October, and looking yeah. looking forward to that. So, yeah, I mean, those are, those are the main updates. I'm kind of just in the flow and in the flux of young adult ministry on multiple different levels, really enjoying that um, and that journey. So, 
I think, uh, Jeremy, it's time for a segue into our chapter for the month with uh, Young Adult Ministry Now. So work your magic. Chapter four of Young Adult Ministry Now is a great tool for us being creative and not giving into the default. You know, one, I really like this chapter. Kenny, your conversation with Andrea last month on chapter three was was phenomenal. Uh, Between the two of you, it's great content in the book, but your guys' conversation was just mwah. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you sending that little Marco Polo to me about it too. I had, I just like Andrea, we had a good time together. Um, But yeah, I felt, I I blushed a little bit when you told me that the first time Um, because I, I'm just having a conversation with, with friends, but she, man, she is, she is a great co-host. So it's time to step it up guys. It's time to step it up. And, and her, experience being a part of one of the cohorts right or being in one of the cohorts relate like helping like uh nurture and birth some of the content for this book like that was cool to hear her speak to as well yeah that was helpful and encouraging to me if you were to summarize this chapter creative young adult ministry there's kind of different movements in here that it, it tackles but if you were to summarize it what would that sentence or paragraph be it's all about helping young adults follow jesus in community in some ways it it kind of reiterates things we've said before like it's not it's not about ministry to or for young adults but with young adults that 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 really is the continues to be a key theme and element by young adults like jeremy's or by yeah yes one of the highlights for me was just the reminder to have a humility and a learning open spirit. Uh, and one of the things that I, I, I think when I wrote it down, uh, notes from the chapter, I think it's probably, I think it says it somewhere in there, um, something along the lines of that creative young adult ministry uh, is asking or requires asking good questions. And they give some, they give some great, questions to ask in conversations um, as a starting point in this chapter. Uh, But it was just like a good reminder that we can't always just assume, like asking good questions to hear um, what is, what, what are passions, what are needs for those that we're journeying with and not just um, assuming it or assuming what the solutions are. Um, I think about just as a brief example, when I moved here to Nashville four and a half years ago, uh, in my two of the things that I remember being in my mind are Sunday school classes aren't going to work for college students and we don't need another worship gathering. Um, there's too many of those like that's uh, we need to focus in other areas and we have focused in other areas. And four and a half years later, I have a Sunday school class on Sunday mornings uh, that I'm leading with a handful of others, and we have a worship gathering. We've gotten there in different ways. Their their form, like their structure, is a little bit different. Um, but just a reminder that like there is no one size fits all, mm. uh, and there are some things that work in particular seasons uh, as well. So just the that this creativity require uh, for young adult ministry r- requires a good dose of of humility and being willing to learn. Page like 6970 here in the ebook, it talks the green boxes are money. Yeah. In in this ebook, because you can it questions that you can process thinking about contextualizing with young adults, like in conversation, or in um in this green box here, it gives questions on how a church can practice hospitality and warmth or warmth. And I think hospitality is one of the ways to do that. But it reminded me of Pastor Sam, who she pastors the church that's closest to Boise State University. And I might have mentioned this to you guys before, but she hosts a student lounge on weekday afternoons from 1 to 5 p.m. And it's, it's you know, it's a five-minute walk from campus. Um, there's tables, there's couches, there's food, there's drinks, um, there's coffee, there's Wi-Fi, there's bathrooms. And I was hanging out with her and her um, um, ministry intern during their welcome week. It's kind of piggybacking off their little tent there and running around networking with people. And uh, later that day, a a utility crew hit the main fiber optics of campus and it cut off internet. 
And so she'd been handing out these bags that said, hey, I got a, we have a student lounge. It's real near campus. If you want to come hang out, it's all semester. And so then she had students like contacting her going, is it too soon to do this? Can we come now? Um, because we don't have any Wi-Fi on campus. And so sh they shifted over and there were students that came over and used their Wi-Fi that afternoon because she made, it's just an ongoing possibility, but there's students that use that. And I think that's a really cool way to just say, hey, we're here. We're the church. We're here. We love you. We have a space for you. Come, you know, come hang out if if it's helpful to you. And yeah. so that I think that's a creative way that she's practicing warmth and in community and meeting a real need of students that need to find creative spaces sometimes to study because they can't in their house or their apartment or their dorm room or they're sick of the library or they just want to go for a walk. And um, this little Nazarene church, Euclid Ave Naz in Boise is, I think, doing that well. And And what a good maybe like transferable principle that like they were there ready to be able to pivot to help there at the start of the school year because they had prepared yeah. to be a hospitable space. And it immediately wasn't exactly what they were expecting, but they were there, had been building relationships, had prepared, uh, and then were able to to pivot to help in a meaningful way. Well, Chris, it, it got me thinking too about how many Nazarene churches are you know, within a mile of some type of campus of some variety for college students. And what an, what it seems like an easy model of, we have a lounge, we have a fellowship hall, we have a space that you, we have Wi-Fi on these weekdays, you could come in here and, and hang out. And, oh, we have a washer and a dryer if somebody wants to reserve to, you know, it could be one of those things if a church had just a little imagination around that, which it talks about in the chapter here too, have a little imagination. Um, you can practice hospitality without it being about trying to get them to church on Sunday, but showing love to young adults in a Christ-like way, just by saying we have space that we're paying for, or we've paid for. And um, I mean, I, does anybody know the stats on how many Nazarene churches are within a mile or two of, of a campus of some variety? If they do, they need to contact me right now. Here's my number. Mm -hmm. and, no. Um, no, I love that. And in fact, I just made a note, like I've got to reach out to Sam and talk more about this. I also want to highlight that what's interesting to me, if you want to apply this chapter and this approach to this situation, compare it to what a lot of churches try to do. And they try to put out a flyer that says, hey, come to our church Sunday morning or come to this um, event um, that fits more like it's already programs that we do and sometimes churches are are reluctant to do something like this and actually like what if we open our doors during the week for students what if we leverage this space because a lot of times that'll come with oh what about security uh who's going to staff that um who's going to buy the coffee for that who you know there's so many potential obstacles that often people are not willing to overcome um so anyway just highlighting that this is an example of a church that is willing to say like how can yeah what's the need how can we meet that need and let's not let piddly little things you know keep us from doing that so mm -hmm. i love it i love it yeah i've tried to figure out like I, the right person in um in lenexa so to speak the gmc to figure out like how do we how do we find that how do we find those stats i'm sure somebody somebody there is able to do something like that cross-reference that data with universities but i know in the past that church or a, i don't know if it was that church or someone else ben what's it uh ben used to have a ministry there at boise state that was a food pantry kind of thing yeah um but it's in interesting now that that years later a different sort of ministry is happening is that church like is it just like blocks away from the campus is it right beside the campus it's pretty much walking distance, right? Yeah, it's blocks. Like I park there and then walk to campus instead of trying to find a place on campus. Yeah. yeah. And when That's I'm awesome. walking, like when I'm walking from there, I'm walking through housing. I'm walking through houses and apartments that students are living in. There's some, you know, Greek houses that are in there. There's a big grocery store, Albertsons, really close by that's got a Starbucks in it. And, and then you can walk onto campus and stuff. But it's just a, it's a great, you don't want anything 
for them. You're actually providing something that they need, and then you let the Holy Spirit work in that. That's exactly how I did ministry for the first 12 years at the University of Cincinnati. It wasn't a Nazarene church, but it was a, a church-owned space that we put an espresso machine in, and we did really good slow food and meals together with students. We didn't just do the cheapest food you could buy for college students kind of stuff mm -hmm. right on the edge of campus called the Edge House. Pairing hospitality and discipleship was always my, you know, my main approach was I think if you create an environment with hospitality, which, you know, don't just think, it doesn't have to just be like coffee and donuts. Our hospitality ministries on churches often think greeters or coffee, donuts, like pizza, still pizza. Hospitality is a little bit more robust and, and theologically. It's a posture. You know, when you create those environments, and again, I hope this church doesn't think like, oh, if we provide this space, like we're instantly going to have college students coming to our church or volunteering or this or that. No, no. But if you provide a hospitable place, you can develop, you can build relationships and then discipling kind of conversations and, and relationship happen, you know, because of that and through that in the patient long-term, long obedience in the same direction kind of approach. That's awesome. There's another green box thing here that says, what mentoring can you offer in community for young adults starting a business, seeking a job? It reminded me of a post on the College Age and Young Adult uh, Facebook somebody put on there recently about how they'd help somebody with, with a resume just to kind of sharpen things up a little bit because they were struggling with their interviews and everything. And the, the point uh, this young adult leader was, these are practical things that young adults need in our lives and that we can come alongside them and help them with. It doesn't all have to, and they didn't say this, this is me kind of projecting around it, but it doesn't have to all be churchy. It doesn't have to be about Jesus to be expressing the love of Jesus, helping a young adult get a job because you looked over their resume and made some suggestions and helped them edit some things that maybe that they were, they were missing. And, you know, working on some people skill stuff and some presentation and how do you have these conversations? And so young adults are at different places. And so we're curating as we meet young adults, kind of where they're at, assessing how do we join God and what's going on in their lives. But when I read that one, I thought immediately of that post. And I, what a good reminder that was to me uh, when I'm trying to figure out, oh, how do I disciple somebody? How do I, how do I grow closer in relationship? How do I relate with a young adult? Well, um, what are the areas that as you get to know them that they're that they're looking to grow in and do they want help with that not to there's lots of people that think like let me just tell you how to be an adult and if you did it like me then 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 you should be fine you know, you'd be better off and that's not what we're talking about here mentoring can actually be discipleship or lead lead to it but i don't know what thoughts you guys have around my little monologue there with that between what the two of you said what i what i've written down just in and my notes walking away from this conversation discipleship is like good food it's good intentional and slow mm. which you you said the word uh you you guys had what was it good coffee and slow food i think is what you said chris which it, it is true like the easy thing is to get the the quick pizza or the donuts whether it's in a third space or in someone's home home cooked meals slower meals there's intentionality in that that is meaningful the one other thing i know we've got a few more minutes before we need to wrap up. One of the last things that stood out to me, uh, there's, again, all these good questions, several of them in the green boxes in this chapter, but on page 67, the question, what's your next faithful step? And it goes into details about how you can incorporate this as you're talking with a young adult that you're journeying through life with, of just instead of just jumping right to answers for them, helping them process what they're thinking through uh, and what, uh, what they hear the Holy Spirit saying uh, as well, but asking what's your next faithful step. I think that's just a good question question in my own life as well um, of with ministry and life following Jesus. Sometimes you can get overwhelmed looking at the whole journey or what you expect the whole journey to be and just asking what's the next faithful step and seeking to take that step and then do it again and again. There was something at the beginning of the chapter, I felt a little tension around and it was, it's about being creative in young adult ministry and not just defaulting to the things that we thought of worked in the past or we felt it was successful. And so we, we try to do them hosting a worship service. Nobody asked us to, we just thought it'd be a good idea. So we did it and nobody came to it. You know, so like we talked about before, like older adults coming up with a great idea for younger adults that younger adults didn't ask for, and then nobody shows up at it, or they do ask for it, but then you do it for them instead of with or by alongside. And then nobody shows up and you're like, what the heck is going on here? Like, why, is, why isn't this working? I think there's something to be said for living in the tension between what's healthy for the pastor, the facilitator, the volunteer, and what needs to happen locally with young adult ministry or whatever form of young adult ministry, college student ministry you're, you're leading. 
And then where do those places overlap? And let me give you, for instance, this Wednesday night thing I'm experimenting with locally, with my local church. If nobody shows up, I'm youth staff. I just bump over to youth group. And the youth pastor is cool with that, mostly because he's on sabbatical for the next seven weeks. And I told, that's what I told him I was going to do. But he was he was cool that we were already talking about that. And the youth ministry is being run by college student interns, which I realized in, in hearing about the NUMA on Sunday nights with you guys, Jeremy, this is the this is the one place in our church where college students, they're teaching, they're leading worship but they're also mentoring and discipling youth while they're doing it. And so we have this cool little community of interns that has this creates some momentum and some gravity pull to it that gets other students that come alongside of it. It's heavy. In, it's all mostly NNU, Northwest Nazarene, but that's not bad. That's, that's a good thing to celebrate, but they get to practice that there. These are people yeah. called, they become interns and they're there for a couple of years. And some of them stay on for like a year residency, which, which is awesome. And so I saw the space of like, oh, they're leading this. They, I could be there. I don't need to be there as you staff. I'll start hosting a space for young adults on Wednesday nights and see who shows up. If they don't, win. I'm youth staff. If they do, great. We have an in-depth conversation. And I've just been thinking about that slow-paced discipleship. And so, you know, discipleship at three and a half miles an hour with Jesus walking through, you know, the palace, the Palestinian countryside. Um, with his disciples and you have when you take walks together and you slow down like that you have different types of of conversations but it's also curating a space that works in my context that I can be flexible with and whether this is good or bad if I can't make it on a Wednesday night they're adults I just let them know and they decide if they want to get together or not we didn't really have anything planned we were going to gather and then I was going to go do something with them and so somebody may say that's that's not a great thing but I'm doing it when it works for my schedule so we were at a youth, a youth worker dinner before a youth pastor went on sabbatical and one of the guys that's been coming uh, on Wednesday nights a couple times he came to me and he said hey I want to be on youth staff this Wednesday night thing isn't working for me can we move that to another night of the week. And I said, you can move it to any night of the week that you want. I'm not going to be there, but you can totally do that. Like, what, what, what are you thinking? And he's like, oh, well, what do you mean? I go, well, I come on Wednesdays because my son and I drive over together and I was on youth staff and now I'm, I'm hanging out here and I enjoy doing that. But that's for me, it's going to be Wednesday nights. Well, we want to, I talked to some people. We want to get together on Saturday night and play Frisbee. Have an awesome time. Send me the details. I'm happy to share them on social media. He's like, oh, okay. And so I felt a real, at first it was like a, wait a minute. You, I mean, I'm facilitating this thing for you. And now you're telling me it's not good enough on this night. You want to move it to a different night? Well, let's don't do it anymore then. You can just do it on the night that you want to. And then I thought, no, I'm going to still keep doing the Wednesday because there might be somebody else that connects that wasn't connecting. And if I do it over a longer period of time, that may build. If it's one it's a win. If it's two, great. If it's three, awesome. If it's nobody, you staff. And so anyway, my long kind of tirade here on this is at the beginning of the chapter, it talks about being creative, creating space, um, curating. I think we as practitioners also need to curate around what makes sense for our schedule instead of adding something in on top of where can we leverage our schedule where it overlaps with young adults so that we can curate in that space. Like a walk-off home run, man. Wow. Nailed Thank you, it. Chris. I was wondering what you were thinking about it, and I'm grateful for that response. You know, even back in youth ministry days when we talked about, you know, discipling students, and um, I can't remember who the guy was. He, he wrote a book and, you know, probably made a couple of bucks in the youth ministry world talking about the be with factor. Um, and, and Jesus model of just kind of going about his schedule and his day but the disciples were with him i mean so basically just inviting people along your life your journey where it intersects great take advantage of those opportunities um and you know do stuff with and let the conversations happen i would say that um you know i had a i had a journal that i carried around with me as i'm hanging out with college students and i had like two pages worth of like these are the creative, fun questions I like to ask college students. Hmm. You know? and, I, and, and that sounds kind of like, um, I don't know, engineered or fake or whatever, but I just Smart. knew sometimes in the moment, I, I don't. So to, before I'd meet with a student, you know, I'd look over my questions and be like, which one do I want to ask him today? Yeah. Um, and so I love that list of questions they provided. And I think that is good to always have some good questions in your pocket, so to speak as you're hanging out with college students, young adults, especially, um, have these good questions that lead into conversation. They're not yes and no, and they're not gotcha questions. Um, 
but the really like, tell me more, what's going on? How do you see faith intersecting with what you're studying, with what's going on, with how you're treating others, how you're being treated? So anyway, I, I think, and again, that's focusing on this relational approach to ministry versus the the programming event type of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But but yeah, I, I love that. Um, you you inspired you know, me, Chris. I just took a screenshot of those questions. So especially with what I'm doing at College of Idaho now, like I don't yeah, think yeah. that that's I don't I don't think that that's robotic. Um, I think it's strategic, and then you can you can cherry pick a question that fits that student that college student or young young adult as you're talking with them. I I needed that reminder. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for you, man. No, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. Thank you. <laughs> This has been a really good conversation. I, I've been enjoying this book and the journey through it. Same. Are we wrapping up? Any final parting thoughts on this chapter or anything that was shared? I think we hit all the high notes, at least for me. So good to be with you guys. Look forward to our perforated conversations throughout the month with Marco Polo texting all the varieties of ways that we interact. Chris, I'm coming after you for an AT interview. You're going to have to tell me no multiple times if it's not going to happen. But are we ready for the outro? Yeah. Until next time. Fail forward. Be present. Be teachable. Yes. Peace. Great. You guys have a great day. You too. Talk to you guys Shalom. later. See you guys. See ya. Yeah.